0: Milo Vonnen, and welcome to 10CBF, a podcast for blended families. I'm your host, Joel W. Hallbaker, and I'm thankful that you're here. Each week on this show, I'll be bringing you expert interviews to encourage and inspire your blended family, along with some special episodes thrown in from time to time. If you like what you hear, please leave a rating review on iTunes or whatever platform you use. In the meantime, be ready to listen, laugh, and learn, and maybe even take a few notes. Ready for this week's interview? Then let's jump in. Milo, Vaughn, and everybody, welcome back to another episode of 10CBF, a podcast for blended families. I'm really excited to bring you another great guest this week. Our guest is Anna Seewald. Uh, She is a parent educator, a keynote speaker, an author, and the host of the Authentic Parenting podcast. She has a background in psychology and education. She's actually got a master's of education. She's worked with children for 18 years, and today she helps conscious moms and dads to become calm, and connected to themselves and their children through trauma-informed education. She leads in helping children by helping parents. She also has a private practice that specializes in parent education, where she provides one-on-one parent coaching, parenting, court-ordered, and co-parenting classes. And you can find a lot of her work at www.authenticparenting. Dot com Anna, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm looking forward to talking with you and learning from you about your work with parenting and co-parenting classes.
1: Thanks for having me. I am very excited to be here.
0: Yes, ma'am. Um, so the first thing that I always ask our guests is to give us a summary of your blended family experience, whether that's personal or professional. And you mentioned before we started recording that even though you're not part of a blended family, you work with a lot of blended families through your especially your co-parenting classes. So give us a bit of your background there.
1: Yes, for the past 10 years, I have been specializing in court-ordered and co-parenting classes. So I have been working with a lot of divorcing, divorced parents, uh, people who go through custody battles and families who are blending their families. So that has been my experience. And before that, as you read in the bio, I have worked with children for for eighteen years. But for the past twelve years, I have been working in my private practice with parents, and and the co-parenting therapy and court ordered classes became my subspecialty.
0: Okay, so a lot of different situations around blended families there that you mentioned. You mentioned people who are divorced or who are divorcing as well as co-parenting and people who are creating these new blended families. Um, That's one of the statistics that I see or have seen in multiple places where uh, the statistic is something staggering, something like 500 to a thousand new blended families created in the United States every day. Have you seen that kind of statistic or something like that?
1: Uh, not recently, but as we know, many people divorce, right? First marriages and in divorce, second marriages, and in divorce. And most people have children when they get a divorce. So when they remarry, of course, they bring their children, and there is a you know rise in blended families mm-hmm. um what, what i see is you know a lot of people blend their families and and that's a wonderful uh movement i i want to say you know i think in the past there was a lot of stigma um, mm-hmm. a- around you know if you were a divorced person and you had children then it was difficult to find um, a mate, a romantic partner, but I think mm-hmm. it's very normal uh, now uh, to find people who are also divorced and who have children. I think that makes it easier, um, and and it's kind of very normalized in our culture.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. It definitely is. Um, it is becoming easier for people who are divorced with children to be able to form another relationship. Like you said, in the past there was a stigma, and a lot of times. Um, most, or not? I don't, know, I don't know about most, but a lot of people would say, "Oh, if they've got kids already, like I'm not really interested." And and as you mentioned today, it's become so common; it's become a lot more normalized. And uh, I, for one, am very thankful for people like you who help those kinds of families because I'm part of a blended family. Our listeners will know they've heard my story in previous episodes. Um, what I also know is that when I became part of a blended family as an adult, um, you know, six or seven years ago. Uh, these kind of resources were a lot less common. And so I'm, I'm grateful today to see and be able to find a lot more of these resources. And that's, that's one of the reasons for starting this podcast is to help other listeners and other blended families connect with resources like you. Um, so uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, the next question here is to, to tell us a little bit about the biggest blended family challenges you have seen or faced in your work and how have you overcome or helped address some of those challenges?
1: One of the biggest challenges I think um, that I have encountered is, uh, you know, communication between families, blended families, and mm-hmm. and discipline. I, I have to say, um, you know, people come from different backgrounds. People come from different discipline and parenting philosophies and different styles. I think when you blend your families together, um, a lot of challenges rise. And especially when people have, um, you know, let's say, you know, different ages, children, drastic differences, teenagers and toddlers and preschoolers, um, you know, who is going to discipline, how is going to discipline. Uh, I think a lot of conflicts rise around those two topics, communication mm-hmm. and discipline, from my experience.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, could you maybe give us some uh, some details of some of the specific conflicts that you've seen or um, some of those, those discipline disagreements that you've uh, helped people work through? Kind of give our listeners maybe some ideas for their families and how they might work on those.
1: Um, one particular family comes to mind, um, I, uh, you know, there there was a lot of, um, there were a lot of issues about you know children sharing space in the blended family, and you know, the woman who was my client at the time, her daughter, and her husband's daughter who were sharing a room, you know, the kids were almost around the same age. They were teenagers, but they were very different kids. Mm. And so there was a lot of issues about uh, cleaning the room, keeping it neat and tight, tidy, orderly. This is my space. You came into my space. You know, mm. we didn't have you before in our home. And there were a lot of conflicts around that. Um, and then the father would uh, step in to protect Uh, His daughter, Mm -hmm. and on top of that, they had children together. Uh, They had had children from previous marriages, right? And they and they had five year old twins at the time together. So there 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 were lots of dynamics there. Who Mm -hmm. is disciplining the twins? Uh, Who is disciplining his daughter? And can he say things to this girl? Right. Um, can he be fatherly? And uh, she had a hard time with that. She was okay for him to um, discipline their common children. Um, but other than that, they had conflicts. They couldn't see eye to eye. And there were a lot of interesting dynamics. You know, mm-hmm. her own daughter wouldn't speak to her um, and, and it, it, it created a lot of challenges. Um, Mm -hmm. and with that family, you know, we started implementing family meetings, Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and they tried to figure out, you know, expectations. Uh, they also incorporated with my guidance, the children in the problem solving process, um, because we don't want children, uh, you know the parents unilaterally making decisions in this case, uh, and you know children might not be happy. They were older kids, so um, listening to the kids, asking what they wanted, what their needs were, uh, how they wanted to keep track of their room, how they wanted to divide and, and and the children were very smart and they brainstormed together collaboratively, they solved a lot of issues like that and It was very interesting to see, it was not easy, but this family overcame a lot of challenges. That's the first family that comes to mind when you ask Mm -hmm. me a question.
0: Well, I think that's wonderful. I think you mentioned a few different things that I'd love to uh, touch upon for our listeners. First, you mentioned some of the major issues that you have come across, both uh, involved both communication and discipline. And I love that you talked about how solving those two things is interrelated. Because if you solve the, or at least you address the communication issue, that helps address the discipline issue. You mentioned that these parents were struggling with who disciplines whom, and they couldn't figure it out because they weren't really communicating about it very well. I also love, and this is something our listeners, it's a great suggestion, I think, for everybody, uh, but especially blended families. I love that you mentioned the, the um, importance of a family meeting and incorporating the children's thoughts and desires In terms of addressing some of the disagreements, that's something that in my own blended family, I will 100% admit I did not do well when my girls were younger. Um, As they've gotten older, we've tried to do more of those things where we've had family meetings and actually asked the girls what they thought about things. I know when they were younger, I was much more of the um, authoritarian parenting style when it came to, I'm going to say it and it's going to be this way and I just need you to deal with it the best you can. And uh, that's difficult in a first family, in a nuclear family. It's even harder in a blended family because the kids have different rules in different places and and different levels of strictness or or laxity or however you want to put it. So um, I love that you mentioned all of those issues there, communication, discipline, and and the importance of family meetings. Um, is there anything else that you'd want to mention uh, about kind of that topic or those situations?
1: No, I, th- I think, um, you know, en- enlisting the children in the process is always a good idea. Mm-hmm. And and it's not uh, that I am suggesting that we give the decision-making power to the kids solely right. and, pa- and parents are hands off. But when you conduct a family meeting in, 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 in a non-judgmental space, when there is no criticism, you know, it's a safe environment. We welcome everybody's... Uh, you know, opinion, everybody's need, um, and and without judging or giving space for everybody to share and speak, I think then we can find ways to accommodate everyone. I think, um, first, we need to listen to one another. Uh, Instead of saying, no, that's not a good idea. You know, you have to do it this way. Mm -hmm. Let's all express ourselves, put our ideas and needs out there on the table. And then what needs to happen is, um, you know, what's the challenge? Let's define the problem, the difficulty, the issue, and, and enlist the children And believing and having faith that they themselves can come up with an idea, a solution. It may not be the final solution, but I think incorporating kids in a blended family dynamic in problem solving is huge because parents have their own issues, their own things to deal with um we don't want to create dependency upon the parents all the time Mm. and you know if we encourage especially with older children right uh they can come up with so many solutions creatively to an existing dilemma or an existing problem that can satisfy all parties you know involved um Whereas when a parent makes a, a you, you know unilateral decision, then the kids are unhappy and they may defy, especially in a blended family right. you know my kids may defy against yours, you are on their side, the people start to take sides, and it becomes a power struggle. Um, but when you hold family meetings and create this uh, space and everybody 's equal, everybody's heard. And, and everybody participates. I think that's the main uh, idea here.
0: I think, I think that's excellent. Listeners, again, I would strongly encourage you to listen to what Anna has just said. Again, go back and, and really get hold of that idea of enlisting the kids' opinions and clearly defining what the issue is so that everyone can contribute to the solution. Keeping in mind, nobody's going to get everything exactly the way they want it. That's just not possible. But what you can do is try to have everyone contribute to the solution by giving everyone a say in what kind of moves forward. I also love, Anna, that you mentioned you're not, you're not telling parents to relinquish decision-making power. You are calling on them to enlist the children, especially as they get older, uh, to help decide what those things should be because their opinions do need to matter more. I mean, obviously a 12-year-old ought to have more say in what they wear, what they eat than a five-year-old, right? At five mm-hmm. years old, they don't know very much. And by 12 years old, these kids are, you know, sixth grade, seventh grade. They're, they're starting to figure out more who they are, and, uh, and so they want to have more say, and that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing all of that. Um, the, the next question is probably my favorite that I ask every episode, and that is to ask, what is one of the best blended family experiences or memories that you have, and I think you may have touched on this with your previous answer because you mentioned this family was able to overcome a lot of those issues. But can you share maybe another story or another situation where you've just seen a family that was struggling that was able to come through, or a person who had sort of an aha moment or some sort something like that? I, I love these this question because I, I I get to hear a lot of positive blended family stories when I ask this kind of question.
1: Yes, uh, of of course, a positive uh, story comes to mind where. Um uh, a woman was very hard on, on, on this man. And, um, you know, uh, I was teaching this, uh, man parenting classes, you know, he wanted to take parenting classes to, uh, amp up his parenting skills and communication skills. And they were, they're ha- they were having difficulties in, in their blended family. And, um, I said, do you think, your wife would want to join us f- for a session. Um, no, his ex wife. Uh, mm-hmm. I wanted his ex wife because she was being very difficult and they had so, so many issues and arguments, uh, kids related, personal issues. And so um, he said, Yes, I don't mind if we do a co parenting session together. I-, I said, You know, first, I would love to meet with her personally, individually. Um, to explain to her what my goal is here and next invite her to a co-parenting because it's helping everybody involved in this situation and the first time that I met with this woman she was very she was a divorce attorney herself and she was being very very difficult creating hell for everyone and she was stuck in this anger mode and and um But the first time I had a session with her, it it went well, but not completely, uh, you know, aha moments she didn't have. Mm -hmm. And my goal was to elicit compassion and understanding, you know, towards this man and towards their family and the kids especially. And, um, but when they came to a co-parenting session together, it didn't end well. They ended the call, one left the call. And again... But then we had another meeting, I had another meeting with her and finally she, she came along with me and she embraced the idea and she started crying and she first, you know, she opened up to this idea mm. that he's human too. Why is she stuck so much in punishing him? And, and so it was very interesting and she thanked me and she cried and, mm. and then they called me, they said, they don't need my help. I helped them (laughs) enough. They're helping each other. And and they made such a turnaround. And everything that they had together, Mm -hmm. the problems, the issues, it was such a surprising thing for me to see Mm -hmm. that it it was just unbelievable almost. Mm -hmm. All it took is for this woman to see the humanness of of her ex-husband and have some compassion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, during the session, I ask one question, not always, but I say, um, let's end on a positive note, you know, mm-hmm. can you say five things that you admire in him? And I asked to the husband, ex-husband, can you look at her and say, you know, five positive things that you admire in in her? And so that brought them to tears and they realized that why are they being so, you know, animosity? Why is this building right. up? We're still human and, and we can appreciate one another regardless of this, you know, that he's blending his family, she's moving on with her life, and, but their lives are still together, right? Um, and so it was a beautiful moment mm. of, of compassion and understanding.
0: Yeah, well, first of all, I'm totally going to steal that question from you. Because I uh-huh. think that's wonderful. <laughs> uh, when, I, when I speak with blended families that are struggling, I'm absolutely going to ask that question. Can you, can you name five positive things or say five positive things that you admire about your co-parenting partners? Because I think that's wonderful to remind people, if you're co-parenting with someone, there was a time when you once thought more of them than you evidently do right now. Let's remind you of what some of those things are that you at least used to admire about them. Um, and I think yeah. that 's wonderful um, that
1: brings them into the present moment. Right. they drop into the present moment, and I asked them to look at each other mm-hmm. uh, and, and right. instead of saying, "Anna, I appreciate this right. about Joel I said say it to them that 's right and, and they pause and they think because they want to come up with five mm-hmm. you know meaningful things to say right. and there 's something magical with that question that shifts the dynamic and and we're so hyper-focused on the negative. He doesn't do this. She, she never does this. Right. We always focus on what's not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we miss what's in front of us, the good, the positive, right? The small and important things. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, it sounds like a simple question, but it, it's really powerful.
0: Oh, absolutely! I completely can see how that could be a transformational question in terms of that kind of animosity becoming something more positive. Uh, I think that's wonderful. And then the the other thing I wanted to mention about that is I love I love hearing those stories because listeners, if you are in a co-parenting situation right now that feels hopeless, if you just feel like there's no way we could ever get along. There is always hope. One of my favorite quotes from J.R.R. Tolkien is, where there's life, there's hope. There's always a chance it can get better. And it may take you humanizing the other person. It may take them humanizing you. But no matter what it is, it's not going to happen if you insist on continuing to treat them poorly. Now, if they insist on continuing to treat you poorly, you can't do anything about that. But how you respond is important as an example to your kids, and it's important as a potential way to build a bridge moving forward. So I just want to really emphasize what Anna was sharing with with you guys, with our listeners, in terms of being willing to do the hard work of communicating, being willing to do the difficult work of figuring out how can we co-parent together for the sake of our children. Um, So Anna, thank you for for sharing. That was beautiful.
1: And you know what, Joel? Sometimes it takes a third party to interfere mm-hmm. for therapy, coaching, Absolutely. For, for this kind of transformational moments to occur. And, and I have a saying from one of my, you know, I had clients, a difficult, difficult, high conflict exes mm-hmm. who were trying to co-parent, Scott and Stephanie, and and. and I have a saying, if Scott and Stephanie can learn how to Mm co-parent, because it was such a difficult dynamic between these two, Mm -hmm. I I have hope that I can help any parent. Uh, And I always tell parents, you know, co-parents, use your energy for healing as opposed to fighting and trying to punish each other, you know, shift your energy and things will shift. And if Scott and Stephanie can do it, so can anyone else. And, and it's just, I, I'm very hopeful, obviously. Mm. I, otherwise, I wouldn't be doing this work.
0: Absolutely. You, you've <laughs> got to have hope. And as you mentioned, it's not hope that's just blind. It's not hope based on nothing. It's hope based on experience and seeing very powerful transformations. Um, I love that. I think that's absolutely wonderful. And listeners, I hope that you guys right now are, being encouraged by what she's sharing because i think this is tremendous um okay so you've mentioned a couple of these but i want to i want to come back and touch on them here um you were provided with a copy of the 10 commandments for blended families ahead of time to look through and again you've mentioned some of those issues in terms of discipline and asking for help from a third party and that kind of stuff but having looked at these ahead of time which one of these do you see people struggling with the most and what kind of wisdom would you share with those people?
1: Oh boy, I have to look at it again.
0: That's okay. You're not the only one. Um, I, I wrote them and I can't remember all 10 of them. Off no, the
1: top I, the United, because so. I remember they were very good. Hold well, on. thank you. Uh, um, it's because
0: I've messed up most of them in my time as a part of a blended family. So I learned oh, not to oh, do those oh, things.
1: Hold on, hold on. Um, <laughs>
0: Listeners, while she's doing this, you can go pull out your copy as well. And if you don't have one, email me and I'll send you one. Or you can find them at reallifeleading.com on the Blended Families tab. So make sure you go and check those out there. If you don't have a copy of my Blended Family Toolkit, email me and I'll send you a copy of that as well. Because that also has the, uh, the Ten Commandments in it. So make sure you guys go and check those out
1: get to this. Oh, here, here. Sorry. The 10 commandments. It's all
0: right. Technology is awesome, isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: uh, I am glad that you found them. Uh, I'm glad that you found them helpful.
1: My favorite is I, I like all of them. Of course, the respect, uh, the communication, mm-hmm. uh, the gratitude, uh, modeling maturity and wisdom but i think i have to go with number five choose to believe the best Mm -hmm. choose to believe the best about the other household and be sure to celebrate and acknowledge it when you see it Uh, i think it it goes with my idea of if you you know with that question what do you admire in each other if we believe that you know, in the goodness of the other person, of the other parent, and our children. I think, you know, with that mindset, a lot of things can change. I think we get stuck uh, a lot of times, and and we forget, we fail to see the goodness. Mm -hmm. Um, That's my favorite, if I had to choose. Mm -hmm. I I like all of them, but if I had to (laughs) choose, I, I choose number five.
0: Good. Yeah, that's one that I wish I could take credit for coming up with. But it actually comes from a quote from C.S. Lewis uh, in Mere Christianity. He wrote, uh, you know, "A, a real desire to believe the best about the other party and make them as comfortable as possible will solve most of the problems. And again, he was writing about that in a different context, but I think it holds true for blended families. Like you just mentioned, a lot of times people, especially people who are hurting because of divorce or betrayal or whatever it may have been, it's easy to focus on the pain. Pain gets our attention. Another great C.S. Lewis quote is: "He says pain is God's megaphone to rouse a deaf world." Uh, mm. That's how. That's how. That's what gets our attention. When you're feeling well, you don't pay attention to stuff. Well, when I broke my foot back in September, I knew that something was wrong very quickly because of the level of pain that was shooting through my uh, foot. Right. So people who are hurting—that's what we tend to focus on. But if we can choose to believe the best, if we can choose to focus on what's good. And like you just mentioned, if we can, we can ask that question about what do you admire about them? If you can focus on those things, that transforms the way we think about other people, and therefore it transforms the way that we respond to other people. And so I think that's wonderful. I'm, I'm glad, that, uh, I'm glad that, you, that you like that one as well. Um, so my next question is this, what is your best wisdom, advice, tip or strategy that you have come across for helping blended families or people who are co-parenting? What would you share with, uh, with people who are struggling or people who are just, how do we even start? You know, that kind of thing. How would you answer those people?
1: I think the best thing that helps is seeing the humanness in another person and having compassion and understanding for their pain too. Mm. Because when we get a divorce, when we get stuck in those battles and courts and hearings, uh, there is a lot of hurt. There is a lot of anger. It, it could be traumatic. Divorce could be traumatic. It's very emotional right. because it's a loss. And you know every person has learned throughout their life how to deal with loss and grief. And it can bring out the worst in people. But I think knowing that it's not only you, the other party hurts too, Mm -hmm. that there is hurt on both sides. Try to be compassionate, see their humanness, have understanding, see their hurt and feel their hurt with empathy. I think that has been the most important ingredient in my work that's what i try to elicit when i work with Mm co-parents
0: elicit
1: some understanding for the other party uh elicit compassion and empathy and that usually moves the needle because it's not about winning or losing right you know it's not about me against you us versus them uh it, it, we're all in this together. Everybody is suffering. Everybody is hurting on their own. Um, and once you see that and able to feel empathetically, then you can be more compassionate. And right. I think that that's what changes people. And that's when when they come to that, they start to transform. They start to um, you know they become open to collaborating, to wanting to sit down, to solve problems, and not be stuck in their hurt. Because when you're right. stuck in your hurt, you're also angry. Right. And, and, and anger is like this, you know, ve- it, it hurts you too, right? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's like a poison kept in a, in a vessel, acid. It just erodes the vessel too. So that has been, I think, the most transformative uh, ingredient, understanding mm-hmm. and compassion.
0: Yeah, 100% uh, amen, because I strongly, strongly agree with you that uh, I've heard this said by numerous people, but hurting people hurt people. And so as long as we're acting out of that place of hurt, as long as we're acting out of our own pain, and as long as we're unwilling to admit that the other, the other party also has legitimate reasons to be upset, then we're only going to be seeing things from our perspective. And that really doesn't do anybody any good. Um, And so exactly what you said, we have to be willing to see the other person's humanity. We have to be willing to admit and have compassion and understanding for their pain and for their situation. And I think you mentioned it really well, too, where you said we're all in this together. We're trying to raise children together, and the children need to see us, that is the adults, they need to see a good example from us. I mean, we try to teach kids, hey, listen, you need to be nice to people even if they're not nice to you. We we try to teach that to uh, you know to five year olds, but then as adults we tend to, to forget that because we think that our pain sometimes excuses us from needing to follow that same uh, teaching and and I think it's important for parents again myself as well I think it's important for us to be reminded that even when you are hurting that's not an excuse to treat people poorly um, that's not an excuse to to act out of that hurt you can be hurting without acting out of that hurt. And I think that's, I think that's wonderful that, that you mentioned that. Um, okay. So the, uh, did you have something else you wanted to add?
1: No, no. Perfect. Perfectly said. Yes. <laughs>
0: uh, well, thank you. Um, so the next question I want to ask is what is your favorite or most recommended resource for blended families? And you can use this as a shameless plug for your own programs or teachings. Uh, or you can also mention other books, websites, podcasts, people, you know, that kind of thing, uh, whatever kind of resources you think that are going to be helpful to blended families who are listening, what would you want to share with them?
1: Well, um, there are several podcasts out there, but I know Melissa from the blended family podcast. Mm -hmm. I have been a guest on that podcast and she has lots of good episodes and helpful tips for blended families. She herself has a blended family and a very honest and transparent person. Um, I would recommend her podcast. Yeah, I'm excited.
0: She's actually going to be a guest on my show in the future as well.
1: Oh, okay. She's been a guest on my show. Like yourself, you have been a guest on my podcast. So I'm excited. Thank you for that,
0: by the way. I had a great time. (laughs)
1: Um, I, I would... Uh, recommend another resource. Uh, she is helping uh, her name is Dr. Elizabeth Cohen. Uh, she's the divorce doctor. Mm-hmm. She's uh, not helping blended families per se, but she's helping women uh, who overcome divorce to have their best life. and she's very, very powerful, and I have done some work with her, and I believe in her work awesome. and, 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 and she, she's a great resource. Okay. Um, I have a list of books on my website, personal development and best parenting books. Some of them include, uh, co-parenting books. Uh, you know, if you go to authenticparenting.com, uh, you can see it says the books that I love and recommend. Okay. And, and, and there's a huge list of books. If anybody wants to read, of course, if you're interested in, um, you know, general parenting and personal development podcast. I would recommend my podcast, Authentic mm-hmm. Parenting. And um, if anybody struggles with uh, children who don't listen, defiance, you know, when you blend your families, there is a lot of discipline issues, maybe that that kind of stuff. If you want to get on the same page with your partner, you know, uh, when you blend your families you have to recreate a new family dynamic, new Mm -hmm. values, new expectations, new structure. And, and so I have a course actually, it's again on my website, it's called how to stop yelling. I know many parents struggle with that. It's a self-study course. Um, You know, there's a lot of resources on my website, free resources. And um, I have a free Facebook group and I offer weekly support calls since the pandemic started for free for parents. Okay. Um, um,
0: yeah. Awesome. I will put links, listeners, I will have links to all of those in the show notes. I can also say that I'm part of her um, Facebook group and have been since she was kind enough to have me on her podcast last year. And there are always, always, always great resources in that, uh, in that group. So I want to encourage you guys to check those out, but yeah, we'll have links to Melissa Brown's work and Dr. Elizabeth Cohen's work, as well as links to, um, your website at Authentic Parenting, specifically the book list that you have and your podcast and, uh, and the other courses and free resources that you have on there. So thank you very much for sharing those. Um, in addition to your website, which is AuthenticParenting.com and the podcast, which is Authentic Parenting Podcast, uh, what is the best way for our listeners to connect with you and learn more about your work?
1: Well, the best way, I am not active on all social media, but Mm -hmm. I have an Instagram, Authentic Parenting Podcast. You can connect with me there to see the, um, the inside scoop of my life. I share more personal stuff in the Insta stories, uh, you know, updates from me about the podcasts and book giveaways of the podcast guests, uh, and a lot of fun stuff, inspirational stuff. I I'm connected there with a lot of divorce, co-parenting, blended family community. Instagram, I think is my favorite social media. And again, I'm also on Facebook uh, by authentic parenting where every, you know, I am authentic parenting. You can find me (laughs) with that, with that handle.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Um, okay. So the only thing we have left here before we wrap up is to, um, go through our lightning round questions. This is, uh, these are just six quick questions and there's no wrong answers. Um, but I just like to get people's opinions about different things. All right. You ready?
1: I am ready. Let's do Fine. it. <laughs> First
0: question, you got pick one of these three. Uh, Lord of the Rings, Narnia, or Harry Potter. Which one do you go with?
1: Harry Potter.
0: Nice. Yeah, there's not a wrong answer. We, my family loves all three of those. That's good stuff. Um, number two, hot dogs or hamburgers? Hamburgers. Hamburgers, very good. Number three, boneless chicken wings. Are they a real thing or are those just pretentious nuggets?
1: They are pretentious (laughs) jackets. Very good.
0: Very good. Uh, Number four, dogs or cats? Cats. Nice. All right. My wife would would, uh, be fine with that. Um, Number five, tea, sweet or unsweet?
1: Unsweet.
0: Weird. All right. (laughs) It's very strange. But the only person I knew who enjoyed unsweet tea was my dad. He was from Illinois. Um, I'm nosy. Uh, Where is your accent from? Because it's obviously not from Alabama where I am.
1: No, 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 I'm, I'm not. I, I live in New Jersey in okay. the United States, but I'm originally from Armenia. Oh, nice. Okay.
0: I was actually just talking about Armenia today in the class that I teach. Mm. Um, one of my um, soccer heroes is a guy named Aleko Eskandarian. And he um, is, his dad migrated here from Armenia and played professional soccer and Aleko played professional soccer. And I grew up watching him play. And then I got to meet him a few years ago. He was kind enough to take a picture with me when he was coaching the New York Cosmos. Um, and he's been posting a lot recently about some of the issues going on in Armenia right now and things like that. So I didn't know that's
1: where you're from. That's awesome. Yeah, true. And I didn't know that football, soccer player, not football, mm-hmm. soccer yeah. player. Wow. Yeah, yeah I like. Learned- a- yeah. He's I a learned cool dude. something. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. And his dad was a really good Armenian soccer player and uh, Aleko was also a very good player till his, his career was shortened because of uh, concussion issues, but he's a, he's an awesome dude, a very down to earth, very giving person. So um, yeah, you have to check him out. He's cool. Um, okay. The very last thing I ask everybody is share with us one of your favorite quotes, uh, whatever pops into your mind when you're, when you're just sitting around or, you know, comes into your head when you're counseling someone could be a book, line, could be a movie line, could be a Bible verse, you know, could be a, a hymn lyric, you know, whatever, whatever jumps into your brain.
1: Wow. Um, I am a quote junkie. And at the moment, <laughs> <laughs> I know I that wish, everybody I, goes
0: blank when I ask this. Question. I know, I no,
1: but, but, but I may not know, uh, you know, f- 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 the full quote, but, mm-hmm. um, I'm a huge fan of this Chinese proverb. It's mm-hmm. a quote and I, I, I use it all the time. And it goes something like this. Um, the invisible red thread connects those who are destined to meet, regardless of time and circumstance. The thread may tangle and get um, coarsed, I think, but it will never break. Mm. Um, it's 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 a Chinese proverb, and mm-hmm. and and I just love the sentiment of it. That you know, people who are destined to meet in this life, mm-hmm. they will meet.
0: They will, yeah. And I think
1: it perfectly maybe goes with the blended family philosophy. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. That's a beautiful, beautiful quote. I'll have to look that one up as well. Um, and it, it reminds me of other places where I've heard of mention of that kind of red thread or scarlet thread that connects seemingly disparate events. Um, mm. so that's really cool. Awesome. Um, well, Anna? listen, I just want to thank you for being so generous with your time. Thank you for coming on my show. Um, I look forward to sharing our conversation with, uh, with my audience and, um, I really hope that they will check you out as well as your work listeners. I'm telling you, um, if you are struggling with any aspect of your parenting, blended family or otherwise, go look at Anna's website, AuthenticParenting.com, and you will find help for whatever you are struggling with. So, Anna, thank you again for coming on the show today.
1: Thank you for having me. It was a blast. Thank you.
0: Good. I'm glad you enjoyed it as much as I did. And listeners, make sure you tune in again next week for another episode of 10 CBF, a podcast podcast for Blended Families. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of 10 CBF, a podcast for blended families. If you feel this was helpful, please subscribe and then like and share the interview. If you'd like to contact me directly, feel free to reach out through the show's website on Anchor or via social media. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and I'd love to hear from you. Last, if you'd like a free copy of any of my blended family resources, be sure to check out my website at stepdadding.com. In the meantime, walk worthy and Godspeed to you and your blended family.